Disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the official policy or position of the UP Medical Student Society, the featured organizations, or the UP College of Medicine. Hello everyone and welcome to the Taarin Pala 47 podcast series. I am Hans Bondok from the UP Medical Student Society, here to let the voice of the scholar be heard as we listen to stories, insights, and experiences from some of my fellow medical students from the UP College of Medicine. Today's topic is art, literature, and medicine, specifically how the arts come into play in a science-driven field. I like this topic a lot. To help me discuss, I have with me today some special guests from the UP Medics. The UP Medics is the official student publication of the UP College of Medicine. Since 1951, the UP Medics has always been there covering big and small college events, producing hot-off-the-press features, contemplative poems, and editorials. If you have, you know, mga rants and musings about life, med school or, or society in general, if you wish to share your feelings, or if you want to interview mga important people like the dean or the director or even your crush, and you can join the UP Medics. So with the UP Medics, you have the right to be in the room where it happens, to be heard, to be informed, and to be inspired. Again, from UP Medics, we have Mark Teo and Sean C. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Hans. Hello. Musta kayo? How are you guys doing? Uh, okay, naman. Uh, first and foremost, thank you for having us on this podcast. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. Uh, I'm doing okay, naman. Uh, online learning has been kind of weird. It's been, been something tiring. that needs to be addressed too. Yeah, Mark. <laughs> It's a work in progress. Oh, How, how's LU5? Is it still like chill U5 or is it a bit, you know, challenging na in this setting? Actually, it's hard to determine when LU4.5 ends and LU5 starts. <laughs> I'm not really oh. sure. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think it's definitely, like the load is definitely lighter than when we were in LU4 last year. Mm-hmm. So like last year was like hell. Like we had, a, a, like we had exams every week sometimes twice a week and we had assessments in between pa that was crazy yeah. <laughs> ngayon ba ano siya parang paper case um zoom sgds i guess it yeah for some those, reason those kinds of activities fill your schedules yeah like you have more control of your time especially when there's async projects but then sometimes when it's also synchronous sometimes you don't have control also over the time it's weird like you mm-hmm. both have more and less control at the same time and we all have to adjust to it. Yeah, and I think that's something that's so weird with online learning. Like, I feel like I have so much more time to do everything that I need to do. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, it feels kind of like there's no distinction between, like, the time slash space that I use for work and the time slash space that I use for rest. And so, like, I feel like the, the exhaustion, even if there isn't as much work to do, compared to last year, I feel like the exhaustion kind of compounds on itself because I can't like pull myself away from that mentality that I need to be working right now. Mm-hmm. And so like rest feels less genuine. I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah, I agree. Like uh, I just, especially when the weekend comes, I like just try to go straight to having fun right away, right to being human right away. But it's really hard. 
since I just keep thinking of the work that I have to do eventually, and it's kind of draining, like, you know, really different. I guess you can get used to it, but uh, yeah, it's a whole new experience. Yeah. And then I like that I like that term that you use, Mark. Like you, you go straight to being human on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I feel like I don't know about you guys, but I feel like online learning has made has taken a lot of the humanity out of medical school. Like I know it sounds kind of extra, it sounds kind of dramatic, but like mm-hmm. I feel like because like we don't get to see each other as often, we don't get to, you know, cope by going to karaoke or going to eat out after exams or something like that or we don't get to talk to our friends in person like i feel like that human aspect of medicine becomes like so hard to feel in uh, through online learning and like and like not just that like the biggest thing for me is that we don't get to meet patients yeah like yes yeah i feel like medicine as a whole is such a human practice like it's a study of understanding humanity but at the same time like through this online learning setup we aren't able to appreciate the humanity of our patients and so a lot of the things that we're learning suddenly become translated into just text into some things that we just have to memorize and of course we remember that these patients are out there and that what we're learning now will eventually hopefully perhaps save a life or help improve the life of someone else but you know that there's that frustration of not of your learnings not being tangible or as tangible yeah. as they used to be. Like it's so much harder to grasp it. And especially back then, they were really doing their best to try to hammer it onto us. And now the yeah. loss, like, that gap that we have is, it's really palpable. You can really feel the difference. Yeah, and um, I, I totally agree with you guys. I think medicine is um, a field that, you know, integrates art and science. And the art aspect is, you know, as you said, the 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 actual immersive experience of being in the hospital, talking to patients, um, trying to discuss, you know, your your um your diagnosis and your management plans with them in in a way that both of you guys can understand. And you know, I think because we're really stuck now with paper cases and online group discussions, it uh even though the learning continues and the knowledge still gets passed on. It's kind of a different um, challenge. It poses a different challenge. It's a different experience. And it kind of, yeah, takes the humanity away. And like, I think it's also kind of, like, I think it's also, I don't know how to say this, but there was, we, we had the talk with our professor, Dr. Jean Nisperos. I love mm-hmm. Dr. Jean. Sobrang I idol. love Dr. Jean. Uh, yeah, we had a brief discussion with him after like our last session. Uh, and he, he was talking about how medicine is an art and a science. Like, like, like you said, it's an art and a science. There's mm-hmm. the aspect that you need to learn so that you can cure the patient. But at the same time, like treating the patient isn't just giving them a medicine. Treating the patient is getting to know them, making them feel comforted just by being able to talk to you and things like that. Yes. And like he, he told us that there was often this uh, separation between the art and science of medicine in that we are taught a lot of the science, but we aren't exposed as much to the art. And I think that's something that's really important to talk about. Like even before the pandemic, even before we transitioned into online learning, mm-hmm. um, I feel like we're often taught to keep a professional distance from our patients. You guys know that, right? Like this yeah. is something that this is something that's taught very often, like very early on in medical education. Like they teach us that we are going to be doctors, that we are going to be medical professionals, and that 
to ensure that we're able to treat optimally and to ensure that we don't fall into the pitfall of making emotional decisions or um, compromising the quality of care so that we can feel like we're doing something to save the patient. We're taught to maintain that professional distance. We're taught yes. to separate ourselves from our patients, at least to a certain extent. Of course, there's also there's still that rapport that we need to build. There's still that connection that we need to create. But at the same time, we're taught to be to take a step back in forming that connection. Mm-hmm. I think it's like especially highlighted now with online learning because we actually we don't even get to see patients. We don't even get to see each other. And so it, it feels like for I, I'm not sure if you guys feel the same way, but for me it feels like it's much more of a grind now. Rather than like I I, I don't get to see the reason like I, it's it's the whys to medicine are less apparent to me now in the pandemic because we again aren't able to connect as humans. And yeah. even if we are taught to keep that professional distance, that human aspect of medicine, that connection is what makes medicine medicine, in my opinion. Yeah, I also feel that somehow, uh, even though we are also really like literally separated, I mean, the distance really is, <laughs> is really apparent now, but it's also what we feel now. It's not just what we, yeah. what we see physically, because obviously we're just, we're just discussing and even, even our doctors are just, you know, um, doing consultations through telemedicine or, you know, teleconsults, which... Yeah. Which are helpful, din naman. Pero yun nga, the somehow that distance kind of increased, and yeah. it really affected um, the art in our in our profession. But even before the pandemic started, as you mentioned, um, the professional distance that you said is that um, correlated with you know um, being seen as uh, figures or. Or higher figures, or people with some kind of authority, I guess. Yeah, I think um, we're being seen as like um, different person, and that's I think that's why we do these kinds of things like taorin pala, right? We're supposed mm-hmm. to show that we're also humans, and um, that we're just trying to connect. I think that's the point of all of these kinds of talks. We're supposed to keep in touch with that humanity and connect with others, and I think through that. That's how we can truly achieve uh, medicine in its, uh, you know, best um, as not only a science but also an art. Yeah. A big question that we need to ask when when we're talking about this is how do we see ourselves, like as doctors and doctors to be? How do we see ourselves, and how do we see our patients? Because at the end of the day, it's human. It, like doc, the doctor patient through the doctor patient relationship can be boil like can be. You can discuss any aspect of it. You can break it down as much as you want. But at the end of the day, it is a human-to-human relationship. Yes. And so it gets very important that we check ourselves and we evaluate our perspectives and our perceptions when it comes to this. We need to be able to understand that uh, how, again, how we, doctors and doctors-to-be, see ourselves and how we see that version of ourselves interacting with these humans in our patients. Not just the disease, but also the patient, the person. Definitely. And I think that's something that's especially important to, to talk about and to think about during the pandemic. Because again, like we talk about healthcare, the healthcare system being overwhelmed, exhausted, yes. burnt out. These are, these are buzzwords. These are things we hear all the time in the news. And I think this is something that we were hearing even before. 
like when we talk to our clerks, when we talk to our interns, when we talk to our residents, they talk about how it can be difficult to remember that aspect of humanity when you're awake for 24 plus hours. I guess it's also how we talk how we talk about like our rotations and our subjects being toxic or benign. I think that's something that doesn't go very far beyond like the medical sphere. And I think that's very interesting. But at the same time, like we have all of these terms because it's something that's happening to us, because they represent something that's happening to us. Yeah, exactly. It's ingrained into the culture and the experience of medicine in that when we work for 24 plus hours in a day, when we study for three exams in one day or something like that, mm-hmm. when we drown ourselves in small in case discussions and paper cases, and suddenly like it becomes difficult to remember that we're human. All of this exhaustion, all of this like unideal patient management that, stum- that stems from this forgetting that we and they are human. Yes. So easy, and it's especially scary since you know I don't think I have been in the clinical experience exactly, but yeah. I hear about it all the time. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, it's so terrifying. Unfortunately, so, yeah. So I think it's gonna happen, and I just I'm also worried. I think all of us are, especially since we don't know what it's like. We we just hear stories about it. Yeah. Yes, and actually to to really uh put into context, you know, these terms like, you know, yung mga BRPs, yung mga toxic to, or abinay <laughs> naman yung duty ko. You know, these are terms that we informally uh, use to parang describe our our um, our experiences, basically. But if you think of it, you know, these terms actually uh, contextualize our burnout and our mental health concerns, right? And as you said, um, this kind of uh, leads to us considering like, you know, yung mga poor patient interaction or yung mga unideal patient management. And because we uh, describe our our duties as parang toxic kasi, kasi parang puro tayo monitoring or puro tayo assessment of our patients, it sometimes leads us not to forget that they and we, you know, are, mm-hmm. are human. It kind of takes out the humanity. Like, I can't blame them because these people are burnt out and hurt. And I think they do it, they disconnect a little more just to, you know, uh, preserve themselves. And like another aspect of it is that culture and language are like inseparable. Culture creates language and language affects culture. Like these are things, like when we talk about, like the fact that these uh, terms like when we when we say that a rotation or a subject is difficult, we say we call it toxic. Mm-hmm. When we when we say na na na, na, laloka na tayo from all of our requirements and stuff like that, we call it BRP. Like the fact that these like little pieces of lingo are showing up, I think that's very reflective of the culture and the experience of medical education. Yes. And I think that's something that we have to take into consideration because we re- because there is that reality there is that realization that this exhaustion this toxicness or this toxicity exists within our culture and i think that idea that mark brought up brought up of self-preservation of like realize like of like reminding ourselves that we're human is something that's just so important mm-hmm. and i think that's why we like we as the up medics have decided to choose this topic is because we 
realize that this dehumanization, like this, this like removal of the humanity or the human experience of the medical professional or the medical professionals in training, and this frustration, this burnout, all of these things that lead to us treating our patients less than what they deserve. I think it's, it's very ironic in that medicine is a study of humanity before anything else. Medicine is understanding humanity. Medicine is recovering humanity, where it is reco- recovering the normalcy of humanity wherever it is not there. And so what do we do when this happens to us? Like, how do we cope with this frustration? How do we remind ourselves that we're human? Yeah, and as medics, I think the answer we see ourselves is, in a way, like one of them, one of the ways to answer this question is through art, the arts, uh, literature, uh, you know, and writing, um, just immersing yourself in that. Because I um, be, do believe that our writing, there's an element of connection when you create things, when you write music. Um, these things that we make, are meant to they hold a message mm-hmm. motion mm-hmm. a dream a lamentation yeah and, and you you're you create this thing and you give it out to something someone else something else it could be a friend a family member the rest of the world or sometimes just yourself at another point in time like writing this to a future self or just for yourself to see one day and i think this is uh, I got this sentiment from a book. It's called The Paper Menagerie and other mm-hmm. stuff. It's a collection of short stories by Ken Liu. But I re- what really struck me with it was just the preface, the, like the, the foreword <laughs> of oh, the author. yeah, the book is that yeah. good that the foreword of the freaking book actually you know really hit me because I think that you know, Ken Liu he's not just an author; he's also a translator and. Mm-hmm. I think um, when, when he phrased, framed writing as a miracle of translation, I think that all of the writing just you know exists to communicate something, and um, the world, the world and its happenings in your head is very translated into thoughts. You translate them into words, and then you know, um, and you send them out, you know, to someone else, to a recipient out there when you write, and I think. It's not always perfect how you view the world, but it might also get clouded out by your biases or your per- your loss of feelings. But yet, whatever has been lost in you know in translation throughout the journey of whatever you've been thinking and the thoughts through the thoughts of someone else, I think there's a connection there, and that connection is something that you know even though it's brief and imperfect. Your you manage to your minds manage to touch, and I think that thing, according to Kenyu, he says that does it not make the universe seem uh, just a bit kinder, a bit brighter, <laughs> a bit warmer, Aww. and more human? I think we live for such miracles. We live to connect. We live to reach out to each other, and I think in that way, um, it's how we make this unfeeling and accidental universe tolerable <laughs> especially right there. now <laughs> yeah we yeah definitely the experience we partake in it it cannot be you know um separate from what we do as doctors since definitely it's part of the human experience uh-huh and i think like that's such a big aspect of it like something that i feel uh i only recently realized when it comes to writing is that you don't like even if you are writing for yourself it is 
conveying a message. It is processing all of these emotions, all of these dreams, all of these thoughts that you have. And so like just the act of writing something down or just the act or in your case, Hans, I think you sing in the choir, right? If I remember, right? Yes. Yeah, like yeah. In, in your case. And I remember that. I remember because we have talked before and you are very passionate about music. <laughs> and I think like sometimes like for, for me, I would write poems or I would write short stories just for my own eyes, just so that I can express an emotion that's been bothering me. And I feel like it's the same way. Like you mentioned earlier that when you're stressed, sometimes you just take a video of yourself singing and you say BRP, BRP, and you send it to someone or you keep it for yourself. Like music, art, literature, all of these things, like even if we aren't creating something for an audience, it's creating something nonetheless. And it's it's an act of communication. It's translating emotion. It's translating an aspect of your humanity into another form. And even if you aren't writing it to show people, even if you, you aren't writing or singing or creating art to show people, it's still an act of un- unpacking your emotions. It's still an act of understanding yourself and re- re- re-realizing that humanity inside of you. Yes. And to connect it with also, you know, how we act with patients also. Mm-hmm. I think sciences, I think the pur- purposes of arts and literature when in terms to communicate, they also intertwine with medicine in that way, you know. We connect separate beings, the doctor and the patient, they are connected through the shared experience of the patient's disease and how and how they have go together to a journey towards health. I think there's that important transaction of information, communication. Mm, yeah. That is so important and how and writing also does that same thing. Has that same purpose. Yeah. So yeah. it's a good way to keep in touch. With that, and that's why I think the really best way to be a doctor is alongside. You know, of course, you have to have science and clinicals. You can't just not know what uh, a disease is. <laughs> you, you gotta immerse yourself fully into that human experience. And yeah. right, there's no beating actual face-to-face human experiences. But in this time, I think um, you know, right now we have no choice but to really turn ourselves to arts and literature, along with you know other things that we can do as much as possible. And you know, there's always Zoom. Do that. <laughs> yeah, and Discord. Discord. <laughs> and Discord, yeah. And you know, talks like these. But I think um we just really the purpose of it is it's just one way to immerse yourself in the human experience. Mm-hmm. To really feel what you're feeling and making sure that um knowing that you're trying to reach out to the world. I think that's yeah. what we're supposed to do as doctors, isn't it? Yes. I got a lot of quotable quotes. <laughs> um, <laughs> From what we just um, discussed, and yeah, I, I totally agree with that. You know the, uh, the miracle of translation, as Mark said. I like <laughs> that. I like that. And to just reiterate it, it, it's it's sharing the experience. It's making the experience more relatable mm-hmm. and more understandable. You know, to not just to the general public, but especially to us fellow medical professionals. And yeah. I guess I just have to add this point na, uh, as as Sean mentioned, yes, I am I am um I am part of a <laughs> choir. I am part of the medicine choir and um I live my life, you know, around being able to create music and being able to share this music that I create so that people can um parang feel feel what I feel and so that we can feel each other better. And um, I just recall that uh, our previous TRPs, you know, a big um, element 
of that show of that um of that event is the is the choral competition oh yeah i miss that so much yeah. so <laughs> diba, uh, you you hear these um amazing original compositions by by medical students na parang you realize grabe the, these these people are not just good in you know reading books or in <laughs> or in answering you know case questions they're good in putting these learnings into into music into into a form of art which is really much appreciated especially i guess in our culture diba in our mm-hmm. in our filipino culture we we love music and we consider it a big part in our lives and it just amazes me because uh the songs we create you know are are able to um to to somehow you know uh paint the picture of our daily lives and our daily yeah. struggles and um it helps us you know in essence to be to be more human and to keep the humanity mm-hmm. even though we are drained with with uh books and trances and all that and i, I don't know i feel like This is such an important aspect of medicine, like because we know as as I I don't know about the rest of the world, but like as doctors to be, and with our training at least here in the UP College of Medicine, there's that aspect that we want we acknowledge we know that our patients deserve the world, that these human beings, being the human beings that they are, have like have the right to health, have the right to medicine, because health at the end of the day is a right. And to be able to deliver this health, like to be able to deliver this treatment or this medicine that we are learning to to deliver, like to deliver this treatment that we're learning to deliver means to be able to recognize that there is a much greater thing in this transaction. There is a much greater thing above and beyond us when we are meeting our patients, when we are meeting uh, people who are sick. And that is that they are human. And that is that we are human. And at the end of the day, again, like we've been talking about it, is medicine is an interaction between humans. It is embracing humanity in all of its in all of its raw beauty and being able to being able to deliver on that. And I think art is an aspect, or or a, or I think art and self expression is an aspect of humanity that is often not talked about. I think it's human nature to want to express ourselves because it is human nature to feel things. It is human nature to think things. It is human nature to react, to be involved in things. Like when we when we see something, when we meet a patient, it's inevitable that their experience touches us. And it's inevitable that whatever we say will impact them, regardless of how big or how small that impact is. There is no questioning that that connection is there. And I think connecting doesn't just extend to other people. Connecting also is connecting to ourselves. And in connecting to other people, we are able to understand ourselves better. And I think that's an aspect of art that's often overlooked. That this nature of ours to feel, this nature of ours to speak, this nature of ours to react to things, when we do art, this is us expressing our humanity. This is us saying that I am feeling this, I am thinking this, this is what's on my mind, this is what I am imagining, and bringing all of these thoughts and emotions onto paper, onto a canvas, on into sound. This is an aspect of humanity that I think 
is often overlooked in medicine. So yeah, as I said earlier, Doug, about how communicating and translating your thoughts to other people, communicating it, I think it makes the world when you manage to connect, you it makes the world seem a bit kinder. You could make as a doctor, you could make the world seem a bit kinder, brighter, and warmer and more human for the patient. So it's really an opportunity there that I think we should acknowledge more. Yes. I agree with that. And I think we should apply it, you know, uh throughout our our lifetimes, you know. Uh you know, we we try to serve our patients mm-hmm. until until you know the very end of their of their lives and um i think this is something that we need to remember especially yeah. when the patients are nearing that end i i think you have something to add oh yeah this art of thing of communication of connecting i think it really shines in the most in like the aspect of uh uh palliative care you know oh. so much journey so I think it those focus I it's I think it's been taught to us that the focus shifts suddenly from you know um trying to uh, deal with the disease but instead dealing with the human life. I think it's supposed to make the human experience you know as least painful as possible to let them um um go on with dignity. That's I think that's where it really shines the brightest and no heartbreaking it may be to um you know go through that. I have no idea how palliative care works, but I think the people who are in charge of those must be so strong. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> actually, our our community medicine rotation here in LU6 actually deals with that. So, uh, we discussed palliative care a lot um, during our Zoom sessions, and, you know, unfortunately, yun nga, it's, it's through Zoom, so we really can't um, experience the full um, the full power of palliative care, but yes, yeah. essentially palliative care is trying to um, address and uh, and um, and to cure the pain essentially that that our patients feel. And yes, there's still you know the pharmacological aspect of it. You give yeah, you give yeah, pain yeah. medications and all that, but um, you are but but you know, Mark, you're 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 right. Essentially, palliative care. Not only deals with you know the medical aspect of 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 curing the pain or addressing the pain. It's more of um, really uh, being there to make you know being there at the last stages of your patient's uh, life to mm-hmm. to kind of remind them that you know the universe is indeed you know warmer and kinder and more human. I think that I forgot. The term quality of life. Yes, oh, quality that's of life. the for um, palliative care. Yes. Watch out for the quality of life. Yeah, yeah it makes it makes our profession a, a, a more more noble. Yeah, and I think that's so like that's so poetic and that's so beautiful because I, in my opinion, like the practice of medicine should mean that we are embracing our humanity and we are using whatever human aspects of ourselves that we can find to help the patient recover and rediscover whatever they have lost to their illness and it's not that we are treating them it's that we are helping them recover and i think there's a big distinction between treating and helping them recover because in saying that we are treating a patient it is us literally like it, it 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 creates that idea that we are saving the life that what we are doing is the only thing that affects the outcome of the patient when in reality it's 
we have to realize that we are there to support the patient, that they are the star of the relationship, that like the patient, the patient doctor, the doctor patient relationship should revolve around the patient, should revolve around the humanity of the patient. Yeah, in line with that. what we can do to quote unquote save their lives. Yes. Yeah, in line with that, pala, I think that's why uh, the doctor patient relationship is. I think when you say you treat the patient, I think it establishes some kind of hierarchy, and that's what we were talking yeah. about. Like a figure of authority, but I think it's more of a partnership, right? And that's I think so. through communication. And I think that's what we've been, um, the principles of health that we've been talking like FAMID, COMED, that it's more of a partnership and, and yeah, and then that leads to better communication in general. And I, I think agree. the thing about this is it's also dang easy to forget. It's like watching the sunrise. It's It's so beautiful and miraculous, but then, you know, oh. it happens all the time, so we kind of forget about how wonderful it is that we can make their world seem better, the patient's world seem better, just because yeah. we uh, decided to com- really communicate with them and connect with them as human beings, to partake in their human in their pain also a little, in their human experience. Although I can see why it's difficult. It would definitely take away so much more, but I think it's really something that we shouldn't forget as doctors. It should still be a part of what how we you know, go throughout it, out through it all. I agree. This is why I like, you know, these, uh, these podcasts, and I, I like this format, you know, that we did this TRP, since you know, physical <laughs> performances are not, um, possible. are not possible, you know, yeah. in this in this situation, because these podcasts will be the, you know, the constant reminder and the, yung parang um, it will bring about the lessons that you know we should really not forget as you said and you know uh, your job as as part of the up medics you know being able to write about uh, the medical experiences and me you know being a part of a choir and being able to um to narrate that experiences through through trp choral pieces you know it um we are able to do that. We are able to to um, to bring about the humanity in our in our profession. And of course, like there's no discounting the amount that a healthcare professional does. Not just a doctor, any oh, healthcare yes. professional. There's yeah. no discounting like the extent to which they are able to save or touch lives. There's no questioning that, especially now in a pandemic. Like, oh my God, sobrang respect to all of our frontliners You're right. love yes. to all of our frontliners this doesn't just apply to doctors yeah this is yeah like, but like at the same time we have to recognize that it can be difficult to remember that human aspect like uh, that is at the core of any relationship that we have to or that anybody has with a, with another person and to a patient like it's it's often difficult to remember this human aspect when we lose it to the routine when we lose it to the grind yes. now when we when we lose it to case reports and 24-hour shifts and things like that, it becomes <laughs> difficult to rediscover that. It becomes difficult to remember that. And that the difficulty of medicine, the difficulty of any field that involves human interaction is realizing that, is being able to maintain your humanity throughout all of the difficulties that you're dealing with. And I think that's why it's important for us to remember that art exists, that writing exists, that music exists, that dance exists, that humanity is still there, even as we are exhausted, even as we become sleepless, even as we become sleep-deprived, 
even as we become frustrated. All of these things are aspects of our humanity. And these are things that we can express. And these are things that we can explore as humans, even as we are exhausted. Yes, because at yeah. the end of the day, you know, tayong mga doktor, ay tao rin pala. What? Wow! Ito na ba yung ano? Hashtag TRP47 Voices. Hashtag yeah. tao rin pala. <laughs> Anyway, I think another thing is, pardon if this borders into Hugo territory, is that we take this also for granted. Oh, yeah. 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 Definitely. Uh, Definitely. And then, yeah, we, we shouldn't. It should be something that's really at the core of it all, more than the science and more than anything. Mm-hmm. I think, or at least, you know, side by side. That's, maybe that's better. I'm not sure. I think, it's, I, I think I'm still yeah. trying to find out that answer also. And that's the thing also. This isn't just a one-time thing that, you know, I I, learn, I, I think of it this way and that's it. That's all that's going to happen. It's, uh, you have to work on it also. And that's yeah. why, you know, people write over and over and over again. People create, sing over and over and over again because they work on it. And it really helps you, you know, if you keep working on it. Because when you dive into human experience, like, yeah, it is not just a one-time thing. It's multiple times. And you will get hurt. You will experience so many things. But I think in the end, it just makes you a better person. It makes you more of a person. I agree. And I think this also like, brings, brings up discussions on like, our medical education and uh, how medicine as a whole is set up here in the Philippines, at least. That yeah. we, ha- we are focused on this overwhelming nature of medicine. That we are taught to we are taught with a separation between the art and the science when in reality these should be inseparable but again that's an entire different discussion that would take an entire podcast series and even more if we wanted to discuss that but <laughs> yeah. like yung, like that humanity that human aspect of medicine is often overlooked and is often taken separately from the science from the prescriptions from the pathophysiology of the diseases that we hope to treat in the future and i think that's something that we need to recognize and that i think that we need to remember to restore our humanity whenever we have the opportunity to or whenever we have the urge to and i think art is definitely one of the ways we can do that yes i totally agree maybe less restore and more of never lose sight of it never lose sight. Mm, yeah <clears throat> i like oh yeah i think that i, I think love that, that yeah. really gone. it's just you know you kind of lose sight of it but it's always there it's never lost yeah. That is a poignant and beautiful connection. Well, if it's really hard right now, I don't think you should feel hopeless also because, you know, there's always an opportunity to reclaim it. I mean, to uh, find it in you. Definitely. To reach out again. Even though right now it may not be, you know, the best times to do that. I think that's why writing is one way to, you know, try again. Try and reaching out to maybe even yourself. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the rest of the world. But sometimes, you know, it might not be the... There might be struggles in, but it's part of it, I think. And it makes you grow. I agree. I agree. And it makes, you know, it, it makes the... It makes our overall experiences, you know, more worthwhile and more noble. I agree. And more yep. human. <laughs> yes, and more human. Talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, like the um, theme of uh, voices, because I think that's part of it. Voices in the voice of the scholar and all that. Um, I think it's really about saying things and communicating out there. And that's why 
they, we want the world to hear our voices because that's an essential part of being a, a doctor, I think. Being heard and hearing other people's voice. And on that note, you know, with all the amazing experiences and valuable insights that we've shared, I would like to thank you both, Mark and Sean, uh, for for a very high yield and uh, a very nice podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us too. <laughs> yes, it's my it's it's my pleasure. And so with that, our podcast for today has ended. Thank you to all those who listened as we let our voices be heard. This is Hans Bonda from the Medical Student Society. And we hope you drop by again next time for the next episode of TRP 47 Voices. This episode of TRP 47 Voices is brought to you by the UP Medical Student Society and the UP Medics, as well as our media partner, wenandmanila.com. Once again, Taurin Pala is our way of giving back to the community. All proceeds for this event will go to the Aurora A. Quezon Elementary School, the Kulai Group of Artists, and the UPMSS COVID-19 Drive. If you are interested in donating, our list of donation channels are included in the description of this post. For more info, visit our official Facebook page and Twitter account at Taarin Pala. Thank you.